Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. One of the major bodies of work we focus on is rolling out survey results so that leaders can engage in meaningful conversations about areas that are working well, areas where we can improve, and actions we can take to move input to action. And sometimes those surveys are around the quality of service that we provide or the quality of work and workplace environment. There are multiple surveys that we administer and, and work with our organizations and partner leaders to roll out the results. And again, the goal is to engage in meaningful dialogue so that we can take that input and move it to action. One area for lo- the lowest scoring items on the survey tends to be those items around areas like ideas, my ideas count, input affects my job in a positive way, or see where the work of our team adds value, or or questions like this in this category. Uh, So I'm beginning to dig into why this item tends to be, or the items like this tend to be the lowest scored items. This result is interconnected with a theme and conversations I've had with leaders and employees about not having trust in the organization and those conversations based on the disruptive time can continue to occur and probably occurring more often. That's easy to say for, for individuals that we don't have trust in our organization. It seems easy for us to say, but very difficult to unpack and uncover. I processed information from many leaders who've rolled out the survey results to their teams. I've listened carefully to responses for why items like these lowest scored know why they occur. I've done that for organizations I've coached and for organizations, for the organization I lead, we do the same thing. We provide uh, opportunity for our team to uh, give us input and then we roll out the results and gain additional insight. This action is my focus, really focusing on these subset of questions and focusing on what's underlying the responses. And I'm really going to focus on that for my own learning over the next 90 days. And I need to learn more to know how to help and guide others and to help myself. When I listen to others, here's what I hear. I hear things like other units get more than our unit does, like resources, attention, et cetera. So because of that, it's difficult for me to to get my voice heard. They always are the ones that are heard or get things. Now I hear things like, we do all this work in this way and others don't have to do it that way yet. You know, they tend to get more, um, don't understand why that occurs. You know, I hear things like people in certain positions get their voices heard more often. So it's difficult for me, you know, to get in and get my opinions heard. The same people seem to get heard. And when I hear things like this, it tells me that we as leaders need to work on the culture in our organizations. Why? because people in our organizations are falling prey to victim mentality. Most people don't intend to be at this place. They don't see it in themselves. We don't see it in ourselves. We all do this. And it's easier to blame other people than to be introspective. When we are in this place of victim mentality, we tend to believe that we don't have control. So our our responses talking about how 
because of others we can't do, right? And so others are then in control of us. That's the that's what we're indicating when we say things like that. Our actions say this, it's because of what others do that I am where I am and I have no voice. In her article, Do You Have a Victim Mentality at Work? Leah McLeod tells us when we start thinking that things in our jobs are a result of someone else's actions, we don't believe it's our job to take charge and change the way we feel. We find ourselves complaining about specific aspects of our job. And if our supervisor is reinforcing this mentality with us, we may think, gosh, our boss is great, but others above them, you know, do not treat us fairly or we don't get what we deserve. That's kind of what we've called we, they a little bit in the past. So there, there we have a couple of episodes really focusing on the we, they. And here's what we can reflect on. We as the person feeling like the victim seldom, if ever, initiate conversations in our rollouts or otherwise to suggest solutions when we're in that victim mentality. So when we get out of that, we can continue to focus on solutions rather than the problem. We, we continue, when we don't do that, we just continue to reinforce the problem. And so others just hear the problem, the problem, the problem. But if we can begin to think about how we address the problem and look at the potential causes of the problem and what we can do to help our teams move to a different place, then we begin moving out of that victim mentality. We don't stay stuck in victim mentality because when we do, it's very difficult to build a positive culture. We have all been in this place of being in victim mentality. It's at this point when I when I talk about this in groups that I'm just not liked very well. You may be feeling that that way about me right now. And again, I, I have been there just as much as anyone else has. So I'm just trying to get us to look at it from this behavior tends to be part of our human nature. But what's not natural is taking control of what we can do to shift out of victim mentality and take ownership. I'm going to continue to focus on this topic because I believe it's important for us to manage through in these times of extreme disruption. The fast pace of change seems to have accelerated our teams having a victim mentality. Here's what most team members want, however, a healthy culture. To get here, we have to take individual ownership to contribute. Today, let's start here. Our first job is to recognize when we are living our work experiences as a victim. So here's what we can do. Rechart our path over the last few weeks. Let's go in and think, what was the last few weeks? Let's jot down a time or two when we exhibited victim mentality, either through verbal or written expression or even in our thoughts. And what did we do? How does that represent victim mentality? It's recognizing when we do that as a first step. And then over the next two weeks, let's jot down every time we are exhibiting a victim mentality. Let's include those times that we start down that path. Even if we stop, let's, let's jot that down. What did we do? How does what we're doing represent victim mentality? Again, recognizing when that is occurring. A second job is to take actions that help us overcome victim mentality. So let's just at least focus on two things as a start. To begin each day with one thing we're grateful for at work. At the end of the day, let's think about the good things that occurred during that day. And at the beginning of the next day, 
let's start with that one thing that occurred the prior day by opening with this routine. Let's start the day by saying, as I go into today, I'm grateful for whatever that is from the day before. And let's look beyond who we normally appreciate at work or those we work with each day. We see things in people we work with each day, and we certainly want to appreciate this, but let's let's stretch ourselves. Go beyond those we work with every day in our organization. Find ways to connect with our colleagues we may not connect with. Understand what they do and show them the appreciation. We can take control of offering our gratitude to others. That's what we can control. As we continue with our holiday season, let's focus on being grateful for all aspects of our life. You know, this past week, my uncle turned 80 and his wife and daughter had a celebration for him in his hometown in Augusta, Georgia. I drove my mom, who was his sister and my dad, from Pensacola to Augusta to be with our family. I'm grateful, very grateful for this time, being with my mom and dad and with our family. I'm grateful for my uncle who has contributed by being a service to others to his, in his family, in his profession, and his faith. The number of friends and the words they had for him show his dedication of living to serve others. Meredith, his daughter, who is my cousin, provided an overview of his life and what he meant to her. And his wife, my Aunt Carol, did an awesome job hosting friends and family for multiple celebrations of Uncle Bobby's life. I'm so grateful for my family. I'm grateful for our time together. I'm grateful for the expression of love, the laughter that fills the room, and their dedication to family and friends. This past week, my family reminded me that humor is extremely important. It's humor in life. You know, generations of my family have survived and thrived because we can always find humor as part of life. Laughing is part of loving. And as you go into this week, let's dig in the deepest way to be grateful for others, taking control of what we can take control of and being grateful for how we can contribute to others' lives and to being good to ourselves. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work and in life. Have a great week, everyone.